So I just want to include a content warning at the beginning of this episode. Uh, we do swear a bit uh, and we talk a little bit about adult themes. Uh, so if you have children listening with you, uh, this might not be the best episode for them. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the SpiceCast, a podcast where we talk about spices and spicy moments in our everyday lives. Joining me this episode are two very special guests. Uh, guest number one, would you please introduce yourself? I'm Dee. Uh, me and Ruben talked about creating this spicy podcast by the pool at Delaney's place one time, and I'm happy it's actually happening. What's a fun fact about you, D, besides that you helped create this podcast? I am very mediocre at League of Legends. Thank you. That's a it's quite a fun fact. I'm sure you have fun playing. <laughs> I did. I played until eight AM last night, so I think a fun eight AM eight AM is not in the night, just so you know. That's true. I played through the night until eight AM. I see. Uh, who, who are you, guest number two? Hi, uh, I'm Chris Harris, Christopher Michael Harris the first. Um, did you want to? Did you want to say your address and your social security number too? Please? I was thinking about it, but I'll save that for the end. I want to make sure people are listening. Okay. Um, so a fun fact about D is um, he actually is a compulsive liar, and he didn't actually develop the, the, the spice cast thing with Ruben. I did. And it wasn't near a pool. It was actually in a chocolatier-like uh, place. So it was actually me and Ruben who came up with the idea of the Spice Cast, and then D kind of piggybacked onto it. So just just kind of gave all of our viewers a bit of a heads up about who you're dealing with with guest number one. Um, I did totally forget about the chocolatier <laughs> part that I was well, part I mean, of. 100% yeah, how, how could you forget that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've actually, I know, I know Ruben through D. Um, I've known these guys for several years now. Uh, I'm finally feeling like I finally am getting to know Ruben after years of, of being like just social friends with them. It's great. Um, anyway, a uh, fun fact about me is I spend more time than I care to admit dancing at 3 a.m. in my underwear in my room. Cool. That sounds fun also. It's quite fun. So in case you can't tell, uh, based on the audio quality of this podcast. We are still remote. It is still coronavirus season. Um, so none of us are in the same place, sadly. Um, we are not going to be able to taste spices today. We can. But, we well, we can, but, but, but separately. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are, as Dee just mentioned, going to be talking about cumin today. So yeah. I want to get something out of the way first. How do you all pronounce that spice? I say cumin. I also say cumin. Cumin with a with a like a hard Q. It's kind of like a human, but with a C. It is spelled surprisingly close to human, so. Maybe. I say, I say cumin. I I have heard a lot of people say cumin. I kind of go between the two. I don't, I don't know what the correct pronunciation is. So it turns out that both of those pronunciations are correct. Cumin and cumin. Everybody's a winner. So we're all good. Um, but I wanted to ask you a preliminary question. Uh, 
for each of you, what is your favorite use for cumin in cooking? For me, I my favorite food is curries, and I am Chinese, so I, I use a lot of cumin, 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 whatever. In, well, in my one Chinese. thing one thing we can all agree on is that it's not cumin. I, you two can agree on that, um, but I <laughs> I love using it in curry, and I've you know because I love curry. I've also gotten into Indian curries, and uh, yeah, I love I love cumin in my curry. It's a good use for cumin. I um. I'm not quite as uh, culinarily gifted as you two. I know how to make, I think, three actual things just from following a recipe. One of those things is Chef John's tiki masala recipe, which is like a thousand reviews on like allrecipes.com or something, and it's amazing. I've made it like like 20 times now. I'm really good at it, and one of its main ingredients is cumin, um, and that's actually what got me into like just knowing about Indian spices in general with this recipe. Like, there's a ton of different like stuff in there. All of those I want to be on when we do them, or when you do them for the spice cast, because they're all great. Um, but yeah, one of the main ingredients is cumin, and it's like the best thing I've ever made. I think the first time you made that was with me, you, and Greg in uh, your old apartment. It might have been. That's right. I forgot you guys had that. Yeah. Sounds really good. Yeah, I've gotten better at it over over the years. I've actually made, I think, tikka masala with both of you on separate yeah, that's occasions. True. That's yeah. true. So my favorite use for cumin is, um, well, I have a few. Um, Curries are definitely one, uh, and I really love using whole cumin seeds in my curry because toasted whole cumin seeds are delicious. Um, But I also really like cumin in chili and Mexican food, um, Tex-Mex, that kind of thing, because that, that just brings such a, like a, a nice warmth and richness it's got a to the nice food. Nutty and flavor. It's just one of my favorite spices to put in um, in that kind of dish, like in a in a hearty chili or something. It being pretty good with you know a little bit of spiciness. Yeah, yeah, it's nice and warm, especially with tomatoes. It's really good. Mm-hmm. But right now, uh, let's jump into what cumin is. Do you, either of you know where cumin comes from or what it is? Seed that it is, is ground a seed. up. That is it's about all I know. I think you toast it a bit and then you grind it up. But that's not what it is, D. I heard that it's from some kind of like parsley-related plant, the seeds of it. Um, that's right. It's, not... um, it's from the species... Cuminum simonum in yes. Latin, uh, which is in the parsley family. Uh, the seeds also resemble caraway seeds, which are in the same family as well. Um, and the word cumin, do either of you know where that came from? No. So um, apparently the word cumin traveled from Sumerian to Akkadian to Arabic to Hebrew to ancient Greek to Latin, to Old French, to Middle English, to English. 
And according to NPR, a very reputable source, it is the only word in the English language that can be traced directly back to Sumerian. No shit! Yeah. The only word? Yeah, the only word in the English language. Um, And Sumerian, as you may know, was the first written language. So that's kind of cool. Damn. That's wild. Yeah. What do they have? Those like wedges? Those clay, what, what was it called? Uh, cuneiform? Cuneiform, that's the one. Yeah. Cumeniform. So, um, so common cumin is, which is fun to say, by the way, common cumin. It's fun to uh, hear. Is from the green cumin plant, but there are also three plants or possibly more, but I could find three um, that were, ca- that are called black cumin. Uh, one of them is Bunium bulbocastinum, uh, and the seeds are longer than standard cumin seeds, and they're black. Um, the second is called Bunium persicum, which is also known as black caraway or black seed. Um, it has small, thin seeds and a smoky, earthy taste. And then the uh, third one is not in the same family. It's known as Nigella sativa. Um, which is also known as black caraway, which is confusing because the, the second one was also black caraway, uh, among other names, and it has smaller, thicker seeds. Um, so there, it, not to be confusing, but uh, the standard cumin is green cumin, and then there are a number of plants called black cumin that are not uh, what we would normally think of as like cumin that you would buy as a spice in the store. Do you guys ever use the seeds themselves i've only used the ground up stuff so i i love using the seeds um i also like toasting the seeds and then grinding them myself because i think it it's just good to have fresh spices all the time but if you toast the seeds either dry in a pan or in a little bit of oil um they plump up and start to dance and um they are actually dance what kind of dance so you heat them up (laughs) and they start to move in the oil basically like a um, salsa? Uh, <laughs> you could put them in salsa. Okay. I'm just um, but I, I think they're I think they're really good um, like to bring a burst of flavor to your your bite rather than just having it mixed into the whole dish. I really like the cumin seeds for that. Every time mm. I bite into one it it uh, it's like a big flavor bomb and it makes me happy. Hmm. How do you feel about cumin as a spice on its own, like not in a recipe? Apparently, um, the Greeks, I think, like had it as like a table spice. So it, it was like salt and pepper, like right? like modern day black pepper. Yeah. Yeah. So um, jumping a little bit into history, um, apparently that practice of keeping cumin on the table still happens in some places in the world, including Morocco and some parts of the Middle East. So it's just like kept in sort of a container on the table and you can put it on your food as needed. But cumin actually originated in the Levant um, and it was excavated at a Syrian archaeological site from at least 3,000 years ago. That's the earliest 
record that we have of it. God, I'm, I wonder what 3,000-year-old cumin tastes like. Probably, <laughs> probably not very flavorful. <laughs> or maybe super flavorful. I guess we probably won't find out. Um, cu- cumin was also used in ancient Egypt, both as a spice and in the process of mummification, uh, which we've mentioned a couple of times on the on the podcast. Um, they believe that it was <laughs> they believed that it was used for um, to making the dead bodies tasty to get to get rid of some of the smell of the dead bodies in the, during the mummification product process. Yeah. Are you saying it covers up smells? It does kind of like when I mix it with other spices, it starts to be like mainly cumin. Guys, this just made me realize no no listeners can steal this idea now because we we patented it. Okay, don't look it up, but we have cumin deodorant. Okay. If, if cumin covers up the smell of dead bodies, it can probably even mask the smell of D, and uh, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. So I'm just saying, you know, cumin deodorant. So cumin has also been used for thousands of years in India, um, and that is one of the places where it is most popular now. Um, I will get back to that in just a second, but I want to go through a little bit more history. Um, in England in the 13th century, uh, rents were commonly paid in in cumin. Uh, that that isn't something that I knew uh, or could find multiple sources for, but I did read that. God, I'd love to do that right now. So um, cumin was brought to the Americas by colonists from Spain and Portugal who were big fans, and so they wanted to uh, keep their keep their cumin when they came over to the Americas, and. Um, in the present day, India produces 70% of the world's cumin, and India also consumes 63% of the world's supply of cumin. Wait, so if they're producing 70% of the, of the world's cumin, and they're eating 63% of the world's cumin, right. they're really only giving out 7% of the remaining they, <laughs> they export 7% of the world's cumin, that's true. Um, China and Mexico are also major producers of cumin, as well as some North African countries and Chile. So part of the reason I got super into Indian cooking is because I've always done a lot of Chinese cooking, being Chinese and growing up and learning recipes from my mom. And then I realized uh, when I started looking into Indian cooking, they use all the same spices. All of the spices are the same. It's just ginger cumin turmeric you know like star anise like coriander it's, it's all, coriander it's all the same shit and i was like i already have all this stuff you know makes it very easy for me to translate whatever i i was doing before into indian food and it, uh yeah cumin's a big part of that it's interesting because the flavor profiles are generally thought of as fairly different at least in western mm-hmm. cultures um so what what do you think about that? Like, is is there a big difference in how you mix the spices or what's the predominant flavor? I think the biggest difference is the lack of yogurt and tomato. Asian cultures kind of hate tomato, I've realized. I've been to China a bunch of times and had people uh, who are like full-blown Chinese being like, I hate pizza. Pizza is my least favorite food. Too much tomato. And I think that's the biggest difference between Indian and Chinese food is the tomato sauce. 
So in addition to Indian cuisine, um, cumin is also featured heavily in Mexican cuisine, as I mentioned, middle, many Middle Eastern cuisines. Um, cumin seeds uh, are used in a Dutch cheese called Leiden, which I thought was interesting. Um, the seeds, not the, not the ground cumin. And something that I didn't know, uh, cumin is sometimes used as part of bird seed. So that is one of the reasons that it is exported so widely to so many different countries and why it's, um, it pops up wild in so many different countries uh, is that it is exported as, as bird seed. And so birds spread it around pretty, pretty well. Um, one thing I was going to say is, uh, you know, speaking of, of the cheapness of, of cumin seeds to the point where they can be in bird seed. I mean, is cumin considered fairly cheap? Hmm. I I think it's so widely used that it has to be produced on a level that makes some of it cheap, like maybe the lower quality stuff. Mm. Where whereas like saffron is never going to be cheap because they can't produce enough of it. I think cumin is produced in a lot of different places and at a high enough volume that uh, some of some qualities of cumin are going to be fairly cheap. That's my guess, but uh, if anybody seem like it's it's hard to make either. You just collect seeds and you grind them. Whereas other spices, well, or just use the seeds, right? Or just use the seed, yeah. Yeah. Um, If any of our listeners have any additional information about this, uh, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at thespicecast dot com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and we'd love to have your knowledge because we can sit here and speculate all day, but. it would be great to have people who actually know things. <laughs> it's true. So we've reached the point in the show when we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Spice Cast is sponsored by Budapest. Budapest is the only exterminator that removes pests by placing stone statues in front of their entrance points. Try Budapest's Boot the Pest special offer today to get 25% off your first treatment. So, Chris, um, I heard you had a situation with pests before. Can you talk a little oh, bit yeah, about yeah, that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of actually why I know a little bit about it. Um, so, so the quite, college living isn't exactly all it's cracked up to be, especially when you live, like, off, you know, uh, campus and you're broke. Um, and so me and a bunch of friends of mine lived in like a, like an actual house, but it was kind of an old house. And we immediately had a ton of like pest problems. Like as soon as we moved in, millipedes everywhere, termites everywhere. Our friend in the basement just had an awful time constantly killing things. Um, and nothing was working. Uh, nothing was working at all. And it was a real, it was a real problem. So, um, we eventually like through a bunch of like dumb, the home remedies managed to get it to work, but it was like a stopgap kind of a thing. And then once we moved out, the new people ran the same problem and basically mentioned to us in passing, like, oh, yeah, we took care of it. And we were like, how did you how did you take care of it? And they were like, yeah, we used Budapest. And we it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And apparently it like worked like immediately for them. So... So just the stone statues at the pest entrance point. Apparently, it's to, some kind of like aura type thing. Uh, yeah, it, it, it kept away, except for the centipedes. 
Um, for some reason, the centipedes kept showing up, but they're like, I mean, centipedes alone is easier to handle than like a smorgasbord of insects. Um, and yeah, everything else is fine. Yeah. So I don't, um, I don't know how it board of insects. <laughs> you want, you don't want a smorgasbord of insects. That's the Budapest guarantee. How about you, D? Have you tried Budapest? Oh, I actually, I use a similar product called Karma Chameleon. It's it's very similar. They just give you a chameleon and it eats the pests. Why would you talk about that during the sponsor message for Budapest? Well, I just wanted to say that it's way, way worse than Budapest. Oh, okay. It's horrible. Karma Chameleon is the direct competitor to Budapest, just so you know. I I know. And I don't I wouldn't even put them in the same category as a as a competitor even. Thank you to Budapest for being a proud sponsor of the SpiceCast. Thank you, Budapest. Uh, so let's get back into let's get back into talking about cumin uh, by talking about its medicinal uses a little bit. Uh, cumin was traditionally used to treat a variety of diseases in old times. Um, however, no current medical benefits of cumin are known, uh, although they are being actively investigated by researchers in a number of different locations. Um, however, uh, black cumin, the nigella sativa, has been found effective um, either alone or with other medicines in treating a number of ailments, including respiratory problems, diabetes, inflammatory diseases, and cancer. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know about black cumin. That's pretty cool. I, I, I still don't really, I don't get how, how, like, critical these things are in actually treating the things they, they, they supposedly treat, you know, like I, and are I'm, they like, like beneficial in like a one to 2% level or are they like, I cure the thing, you know, like you don't know. It's like, Ooh, if I down this entire bottle of cumin, I can no longer have cancer or, you know, like, it's just, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. That, that's reasonable. But it is, is it just that there's some small correlation between cumin in your diet and having less cancer, or is there an actual? I think it since it's a treatment, it sounds like it is uh, a specific like medication that you are prescribed that you take. That's black cumin, um, and it has been found effective in treating cancer and other diseases. So, I I mean just interesting that it is used in that way not necessarily a cure-all or anything but oh yeah it, it is cool i, I guess a, a larger question is just how how exactly is it used but i mean that's something that everybody can research on their own if any of our audience members know um, anything else about the medicinal uses of cumin or black cumin uh, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at the spicecast.com uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts or know more So cumin is not as prolific in pop culture as some other spices, um, but in the did did either of you watch the TV show Drake and Josh when you were younger? Uh, my my younger sister did. I didn't. 
D, did you watch Drake and Josh? I did. I watched it a lot. Well, in the TV show Drake and Josh, the dad is allergic to cumin, and he has an allergic reaction to to um, some waffles after Drake puts cumin in them instead of cinnamon. Uh, I think it, the joke was just that Drake is stupid um, and confused cumin with cinnamon, and I don't know. It was the whole thing. Josh got angry at him for poisoning his dad. And I hear this is actually the inspiration for that uh, Breaking Bad season where uh, Walt, Walter poisons the kid. I think it's like I think it's a direct spoilers. Rip-off. Yeah, sorry, spoilers, spoilers for, for, for our viewers. We have to put a disclaimer. And, spoilers in this and, al- <laughs> and also Drake and so also spoilers for Drake and Josh. The dad is okay. He does not die. I haven't seen. How come it? I didn't get this warning? I haven't seen this episode yet, and I love Drake and Josh. Yeah, but you said you watched a whole bunch of episodes. I did. Yeah, my, that one. I think my sister's seen this episode. You gotta make sure I've seen it before you tell me what happens in it. Well, uh, none of the characters in Drake and Josh die for the entire series, so just so you know. Even when they eat Peruvian puff peppers, they do not die. What about when they go to the Red Wedding? That was in Breaking Bad, not in Drake and Josh. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. And in the manga Toriko, there is a chubby chef named Kumin. What is Toriko? It follows the adventures of Toriko, a gourmet hunter, as he searches for rare, diverse foods to complete a full course meal. That was; those were the only um, references to Kumin that I could find in pop culture. So, so that's about all the content I had for the Spice Cast. Do either of you have anything um, further to add, like any stories or anecdotes? I actually had a story. Um, before we end, uh, I just want to say when I was growing up, I was super obsessed with spices. I have a really uh, strong sense of smell. I was into anything that smelled good. Candles, soaps, and spices were my big three. Um, but my family was fairly traditional and didn't really do a ton of cooking. And so whenever I'd visit my grandmother's place... I would be able to kind of get, you know, whole hog into her spice cabinet. I would just smell it for hours. Um, And uh, I remember actually when it came time for her to move to Florida from New York, everybody else was kind of upset and I was thrilled because we were going to get all of those spices. Indian spices are the best long spices ever, especially cumin and garam masala. Dee, I heard you had a spicy moment one time involving pepper spray. Do you have a story... uh... Go, to go along with that one the only time i've ever encountered pepper spray was during basic training for uh the military but yeah basically one of the things you have to do during basic training is they put you in this room and um there's just like a furnace i guess in the middle of the room that is burning pepper spray and it's just in the air And you you all have gas masks on when you first get in. But the trick is, or not the trick, but what what they ask you to do is to remove your mask and recite the Soldier's Creed, which is probably like a minute-long thing that you have to yell while pepper spray is in your face, nose, and eyes. Um, So that was fun. 
That sounds incredibly unpleasant. Uh, I like spicy food, so it wasn't like too terrible. It was just kind of annoying. But I could definitely tell the other people were like hating their lives. I remember I almost went into the military and I was not looking forward to that um, that moment. Okay, then with that, we are going to say thank you uh, to our listeners. Um, if you're interested in contacting us, please reach out at podcast at thespicecast.com. Uh, thank you very much for listening to episode seven, Kumen. Uh, and thank you to Dee and thank you to Chris for being on this episode. Thank it was you. really great to have you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I uh, hope you can come back and do this again uh, at a time when we can taste spices together. I'll be here. Hopefully the spices survive the coronavirus. Yes, I think they will. Um, so thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been episode seven of the Spicecast, and we're out. I helped him apply it. And I was like, here's the cumin. And he was like, oh, wow, I am cumin myself. <laughs> and then the you can soundboard. See, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> so you can just. This is, the, this is the Chris Cumin soundboard <laughs> we're creating right now. Chris is cumin. Wow. <laughs> wow, oh, I didn't know I'm that. Cumin. <laughs> Chris, what do you think about that? So, oh, Cuban! Chris, you need to calm down. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs>